Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones is just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for part two of the July 4th weekend mega mailbag with our friend who is the co-founder over at U Stadium, Mr. Nick Spano. And yesterday, Nick, we left off talking about who our favorite Jets of all time are. What about current guys? Who's your current favorite to kind of expand on that? That's a tough question, Nick. I'm going to exclude the rookies here because they just got here. So it's not really fair mm-hmm. to include them. I guess my favorite player right now is probably Elijah Moore. I just think he fits everything that you're looking for in a guy who could be one of the mainstays of the franchise for a long time. Dynamic player, really good presence off the field, always bringing positive vibes. He's not somebody that you ever have to worry about doing something negative either on the field or off the field so he's probably the guy that i would say is my favorite right now and quinn and williams too everybody knows i really like quinn and williams i know you're not as big of a fan of him (laughs) as i am but i like quinn a lot this is going to be a pivotal year for him if he wants to get paid he's going to have to have a big year yeah i I like the more the more one for sure i love vera tucker he's probably my favorite player right now um i also think he could be like a top five player in this in in the league you know, top five, not player, but top five guard. Um, so probably him on offense and defense is tough because you have a lot of new young faces. And um, I love, I love what CJ Mosley brings to the team, like the veteran leadership, obviously he's got the resume. Um, so I, I would probably lean towards him. I also really like John Franklin Myers. So I've always, I usually go with the guys that I, uh, that I'm uh, not protective of, but I, I make, you know, I'm, I have a soft spot for. So if, you know, I'm debating somebody probably similar with you with Quinnen, right? Like you debate it, you know, you, you debate so many people with him on. So you just kind of take a, you know, you have a soft spot for him. I, I, I like Franklin Myers a lot. And, um, cause I liked him in, in I was going to say St. Louis. I liked him with the Rams. Um, 
And when they cut him, I was like, what? And then it ended up with the Jets and how he's kind of turned himself into at least a solid starter. Um, so not that he's my favorite player, but on defense, he's probably a guy that I have a soft spot for, but probably very Tucker right now. Next question comes in from Gus Toon. He says, you're having a dinner party. You've got eight places at the table. You get one place and Joe Namath gets another. There are six places left. Which former or current Jets players or members of the coaching staff slash front office would you want in those other six seats? So I'm going to say, number one, Mike Westhoff. I love Mike Westhoff. He's awesome. He's hilarious. <laughs> got to have him there. And he's also somebody that can carry a conversation. You want to talk about carrying a conversation, by the way? Wesley Walker, let me tell you something. I've never been accused of being shy with words. Wesley could talk anybody I've ever met in my life under the table. So having a guy like him there is good because there's never going to be silence and you don't have to feel awkward. So Wesley Walker and Mike Westhoff for sure. Bart Scott is a fun guy. He's somebody that I'd want there because he can liven up with some personality. I'd say Ray Lucas as well. See, I'm not doing this in terms of like just guys that I like watching play. I'm thinking about mm -hmm. this as I want this to be a fun night. And so I might not want somebody who's known for being super quiet. I want guys that are going to tell stories, maybe be willing to dish some dirt about some stuff that went on. I want Terry Bradway there because Terry Bradway was with the Jets for so long. He must have a gazillion stories because he was there through multiple regimes for like 20 years. So I'd love to have him there. And then for my last one, how could you not pick Herm Edwards? The guy is a walking soundbite. So he can carry a conversation as well, and I'm sure he's probably willing to tell some stories. So my six guys, and this is just off the top of my head. I may sit down and think about this and come up with a different answer if I have a bunch of time to come up with it. But I would say Terry Bradway, Wesley Walker, Ray Lucas, Bart Scott, Mike Westhoff, and Herm Edwards. Sounds like a fun dinner party. Yeah, you left the most fun guy out of it. And when you said Bart Scott, I thought he was going to be next. Rex is number one for me. Ah, uh, yes, um, of course. Yeah, Rex is one. Um, and I and I, and I like I know what you're saying about a fun and entertaining night. I would like to throw in some awkwardness because who doesn't love <laughs> awkwardness? So maybe throw like a Revis in there just to like pick his brain on the contract stuff, the Patriot stuff, the beef. Like he seems to have beef with you know, some players every once in a while. Um, and he loved Rex, so to kind of get his true vibes there, and then to make it even the most awkward, and he counts even though it was only for a few, you know, hours or days, but he was the court the coordinator. I'd put Belichick in there mm. just to make it really awkward. So I'd have Rex, Belichick, and Revis. Um, I like the Westoff call that you made. That was a good one, but I, I you know, for the sake of you saying him, um, you know, you kind of go for just figures who are just like kind of polarizing. So like throwing Gastineau would be cool just to hear of like, you know, the crazy stories with, with that team. And I'm sure he's had some personal stories he could share. So that would be really cool. Um, you know, it'd be cheap to say like the Corbett or Keyshawn because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of just like storylines of the Jets past. Um, so I have Revis, Rex, uh, Gastineau, Belichick. I, I get two more. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um <laughs> I want to throw Tebow in there just because of his crazy stories you can hear, even though, you know, he's not the most exciting guy, but man, he's got, I'm sure, a ton of stuff you could talk about. And then, you know, you want somebody else who could vibe with like Namath on like the, uh, like just, you know, outgoing wild side. I mean, I guess Gastineau could, but maybe more of our you know, current era. Um, is there somebody that I'm forgetting right now that that like you could throw on there that had some crazy stories? Jamal Adams. Um, <laughs> oh God, I would leave. He could take my seat. Um, 
Damn, that's a tough one, man. Because I'm trying to I'm trying to touch on like different like generations. You know, you get the older heads for people, and you get that with Namath, and obviously, um, I mean, putting Curtis in there would be cool, just because he's like such a smart kind of interesting conversation, but he's not very outgoing. How about but Nick you Mangold? have how about Nick Mangold? What's that? How about Nick Mangold? Dude, that's who I thought of before. There, there it is. It's definitely Mangold. Yep. That, honestly, that was the first person I thought of with the question was him and Rex because those two would be hilarious. <laughs> so I'm going to throw Rex. I'm going to throw Rex, Belichick, Mangold, Gastineau, Revis, and Tebow. So that rounds out like, you know, you get the current guys with team stories. You get Belichick to just kind of shit on the Jets the whole time and just have other shit on him. And then you just get, you know, guys like Tebow who have their own personal stories. So. I think the mangled Rex dynamic would be the best part of that that dinner. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from our buddy John Grella. He says, shouldn't Becton be able to lose 40 pounds by September, even if the rumors are true and he's close to 400 pounds? If he's working out properly and dieting properly, yeah, he should be able to, especially when you're that big, that weight should melt off. I have no idea if he's really that big. I'm sure that he's heavier than they were hoping he'd be. I don't know if what Boomer Esiason said is true, that he's 400 pounds. I tend to doubt it. I saw the guy at the podium. He definitely looks big. But then again, who could even really tell once you get to 365 pounds? Who would know the difference between 365 and 390? So, yeah, if he has to lose a lot of weight by September, there's no reason he shouldn't be able to do it if he's dieting properly and working out properly with the team and with Duke Manyweather. Yeah, it's it's true. I, like. What what John said is is true. Like he should be able to if he's bought in. The question is, is he bought in? Does is he as um, focused as he seems to like try to tell everybody he is on social media with like his once a uh, two week video that he uploads? You know, looking back, someone posted it on Twitter. I wish I knew so I can give them the credit, but they posted a picture of him. Um, either yeah, it, was, it had to be his rookie off season, and he was massive, but he was in shape massive. Then they put a side-by-side with what we just saw at OTAs or minicamp, and he's a different kind of big right now. So um, I agree with what you said. Like, you can't – what's the difference between when you're up there at, like, 370 or 390? You can't really tell another 20, 25 pounds on a guy that big anyway. Um, But what – and we're judging it based on, like, videos that we saw, so it's hard to say. But I think we all can say, like, all right, he's definitely out of shape. He's not – He's a he's a he's a bad big right now. Um, but like the six, 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 seven weeks he has, if he's bought in, he can definitely lose it, no doubt. And he could show up, and and we all look foolish for doubting him. But the video of him trying to like or like attempting to get up when he was stretching, and you know, he just looked like it, it was it was worrisome for sure. Like you're like you know, you want this guy to play seventeen games, um, you know, stay healthy, you know take a little bit of the stress off of his legs. And obviously he has the knee injury last year. You know, it's, it's so hard when you're that big with so much pressure on your joints and ligaments and, you know, bones just to like, you know, every game, every day, every practice, you know, last off season, he, he was struggling against Carl Lawson. Remember we saw that every day and we we're like, Oh, don't worry about it. Blah, blah, blah. Well, he ends up getting hurt. Can't lose any of the weight. Didn't come back and it's still affecting him. So, it's it's a storyline we're going to follow all summer. Like that's going to be the number 1, right? It's like how is Zach Wilson looking? How are the rookies doing? And what's Becton up to? So, 
it's not going away anytime soon. And the only way we're going to stop talking about it is if he shows up and he's playing and he's performing in practice and he looks like he did his rookie season. Next question comes in from Forever Shining. He says, just want to know what's going on with Quan Alexander. Is he a possibility still? Nick, I'll leave this one to you because I haven't heard anything beyond what the initial reports were. Yeah, I checked, I checked in a couple of weeks ago. We did a Twitter space on New Stadium with um, Jeremy Fowler. And he mentioned it was more of a, uh, for Ogan Joby, who ended up signing with the Steelers on a one-year worth up to $8 million. Um, the Jets were really more along the lines of checking in on him, seeing where he was with his health. They had interest. I think they even did offer a contract, uh, but it was obviously not upwards of what the Steelers did. With Quan Alexander, I think there's a better chance of him coming in, obviously, because he, he's the only one available now out of the two. But um, familiarity with Salah doesn't have much in the way of competition to come here. I think if it's basically he's going to come to the Jets or he's probably going to wait into the season to see if there's any other injuries or to at least, you know, sign with a competitive team and doesn't have to put as much stress on a guy who's, you know, has dealt with some injury issues. So if the jets, maybe they go through training camp to see a you know, first few weeks or like see how, or first few days and see how these other guys are performing. I know that we've talked about that a bunch, but um, you know, they probably want to just get these young guys, these reps. And then if Quan stays in shape and they can come to an agreement on a deal, I, I feel like he's going to be on the team you know, this week one at least. Um, but I don't think there's a rush on both sides to get it done. The Jets know who he is. Um, you know, he doesn't have to rush and sign somewhere. So I, I think he'll end up here um, unless they're just like thrilled with what Quincy Williams is doing or, you know, Sherwood or Hamsa um, or the other guy they brought in from uh, the 49ers. So I think if he, if they if they bring him in, it's probably because they're just not thrilled with what the younger guys are doing. Next question comes in from Ryan Powers. He says, what area of the Jets defense will make the bigger impact in 2022, the front seven or the secondary? It's a tough question because both of them have a lot to prove. I think a lot of this depends on who stays healthy, honestly. If Carl Lawson stays healthy, the front seven has a chance to make the bigger impact. But if he doesn't, you'd have to bet on the secondary. They really revamped both. You bring in Jermaine Johnson, Jacob Martin comes in. You're really banking on that interior defensive line that is highly touted between John Franklin Myers and Quentin Williams to step up. Sauce Gardner has a chance to be really, really good, but he's a rookie, so there's the question there of how quickly he comes along. I guess if I had to say I would bet on the front seven, but that's only contingent on Carl Lawson staying healthy. If he doesn't, then my answer probably changes. Yeah, I can agree with that. If Lawson is, like I know another thing we touched on last time we chatted, if Lawson is 80% of the guy we thought he was going to be when he signed, I would probably lean towards the front seven. Um, I think just talking to people about DJ Reed and how probably undervalued he is, adding him into the fact with Sauce Gardner, um, even the, the depth guys, Michael Carter, um, Whitehead. I think Whitehead and Reed are going to really improve the secondary. So I think they added more talent to the back end of the defense, you know, the, the secondary. So I'm going to go with them. Um, just because, you know, on the front side, you're, you're counting on a guy who's injured all the time and you're counting on a rookie. Other than that, there weren't many other additions legit, like, you know, not like a Chandler Jones signing that's going to just make this front seven dominant. So I think the additions of those three in the back end 
are going to show more than the additions on the front end. So I lean with, you know, the Reed, Sauce, and Whitehead uh, secondary. Next question comes in from Dan Benetter. He says, any word on Riley Reef with the Becton situation up in the air? The Jets need to sign someone that can start and at least play league average football. Yeah, they need their Morgan Moses 2022 edition. Riley Reef certainly would fit the bill. He's not a guy that you want to necessarily count on as a full-time starter, but as an injury replacement, somebody that can step in when needed and play at a respectable level as a starter. He definitely is the kind of guy that the Jets could use in that role. So I hope that they go out and find a way to bring him in, but I haven't heard anything new on that situation. Nick, where are the Jets with Riley Reef? <laughs> Similar to... Uh... To Quan Alexander, I think they're comfortable with where he is health-wise and um, similar with the money. It's probably another thing where it's like no one's in a rush to do it right now. Um, but like towards camp, in camp, they, they're they going to add another offensive. You know, they want a veteran to, you know, a Becton, you know, uh, security and just a swing tackle because you know, Max Mitchell's probably in a more of a developmental year. You know, you're probably like a red shirt, so you don't want to throw him in there. Obviously, no one's really too excited about McDermott and Idoga. And they saw just how valuable Morgan Moses was for what they paid him last year. In, in a perfect world, they would have brought Moses back, but, you know, they he knew he was going to have to, you know, be a backup swing tackle and wasn't going to make anything more than five, six million. So he landed a deal with one of the best teams in the AFC to start. So that's why he ended up in Baltimore. So, I know for a fact they want a veteran guy. I don't know if it's going to be Riley Reef or if it's going to be somebody else. You know, Dwayne Brown is still out there. Um, there's still some guys out there that provide you that that third tackle. Not exactly guys that you would love to have to start. Um, so they'll they'll get somebody, um, even if it's on cut down day, like uh, before you know before the week one. Um, so they'll add somebody for sure. I just don't know who it'll be. Um, but obviously reef was there. They worked him out. They gave him the physical checked in on him. I'm sure they've talked with his, with his, uh, reps about a contract. So if I had to guess it would be him, but you never know if another team kind of gives him a better opportunity to play or throws him a little bit more money, you know, it'll be them. So we'll see what injury wise to what happens. If another team loses a guy and, you know, they feel like reef can come in and start for them. So it's really just about the opportunity at this point. Um, similar to like what it was with Morgan Moses last year when he got cut late by the by Washington, um, the Jets gave him an opportunity to to play here. Next question comes in from Stephen Schaefer. He says, "Which Jets will not play in the preseason? I assume Carl Lawson to minimize injury risk, but who else?" I was trying to think of who I don't see playing in the preseason. I would assume that a lot of these guys will play, but not a ton. The guys that are injury risks. Nick, anybody that stands out to you that I'm not thinking of besides Carl Lawson that's probably not going to play at all in the preseason? Yeah, that really big guy who we were talking about. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do you want to put Becton out there? Like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you want to see how he looks. Maybe he'll play a little bit. Uh, but we've seen just, especially last year, like, guys just aren't playing at all anymore you know look at the rams they didn't play a single starter at a point so um yeah you think think of any guys coming off of injuries right like lamarcus joiner like does he need to play preseason probably not um carl lawson for sure not anybody who's really dealing with something that's ailing them through camp and who you're not going to see a lot of like i know we wanted to see elijah moore and he didn't play in the preseason last year or maybe he played a little bit um but if he's got something that he's still rehabbing probably not him much um, so, you know, there's still a young team, so the reps are important. 
But if it's any one of the veterans who kind of are dealing with something like, like I mentioned, Joiner, um, if Uzama is dealing with something, I know he missed a few days of uh, the OTAs and mini camps, so maybe maybe he'll be super limited. Um, you know, Ruckert was dealing with like a foot or, or an ankle, I forget. So really anybody who's dealing with it, and we'll see, unfortunately, training camp injuries happen. Um, but I don't think there's any guy who you're like, uh, Cooper Cup, you know, he doesn't need preseason. We're going to sit him out. You know, star running back Jonathan Taylor, uh, no, no need to let him take unnecessary hits. Um, he'll sit out, or we don't have Tom Brady. He'll sit out. So I, I don't think we're, we don't have that luxury of, uh, you know, letting a guy sit because a, he doesn't need the reps, and b, he's just kind of above playing in the preseason right now. That's going to wrap up part two of the mailbag. Visit playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel to check out everything we're doing over there. The Thunder from down under, Luke Grant, has got some great all-22 breakdowns of all the Jets' draft picks. Plus, he just did a review of Zach Wilson's improvement after he came back from injury last year. Watch all the videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com